Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I'm Catherine with my co-host Samuel. Welcome, Samuel. Hey, what's up, everyone? And oh, man, I got my uh, new slogan already. <laughs> what was it? What's up, T Pain? Is that what my new? Yeah, I was hoping you'd forget that one. <laughs> I'm gonna write it down. I think it's good. It's a winner. <laughs> it's better than. It's still better than howdy howdy howdy. Um, I. I believe so (laughs) we'll get there we'll find your opening one of these days yeah because i can't steal what's up art world but sometimes you say that i do (laughs) um today we have a really exciting guest we have liz reed with cuddles and rage welcome liz thank you thank you for having me um and liz is part of a husband and wife team um that make disturbingly cute is it items stories we call it stuff because it's a whole hot mix of stuff from like animation to sculptures to books well and you have you guys are all over the place so you have a youtube channel you're on instagram you have etsy you're on facebook too you have your animations are really cute i really enjoyed looking at your youtube channel today but um, you sent us your uh, newest book to go through and we did a unboxing and we were able to go through the book. And what was really fun was the scratch and sniff card. Oh yes, gosh. That was fun. <laughs> so it's, it's a scary moment for a lot of people because the smells are intense. I'm glad you had fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, the but- two that we got through for the unboxing were very pleasant. <laughs> so oh, I, oh, very I, nice. Because like, um, we did the first one, and that was like a strawberry, um, which mm-hmm. I thought was great. And then we randomly picked one because we were scared that it was going to be very sm- like smell bad. Because it said uh, if you dare, and I was like, ah. Uh, yeah, you don't want to get uh, moldy cheese or natural gas. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, we had one person. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're totally safe. You guys, you got very lucky. So what came up, how did you come up with the idea for the scratch card? Yeah, so we're huge fans of John Waters. And um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Polyester, but when that originally came out, I think it was maybe in theaters, um, he did like a smellorama, um, odorama, I think. I'm gonna, I'm probably getting it wrong still, but he basically had like a scratch and sniff experience for that film. And when they re-released the Blu-ray, that's something that they did as well. So we were like, oh my gosh. So, you know, with Bites of Terror, a graphic novel, you know, it's mixed media. And so we thought that why don't we make it this even fuller experience and include some smells in there so that when people are going through the book, they can kind of live it themselves. And that's how the idea for the scratch and sniff came about and figuring out how to put it together and low quantity was a a little bit of a nightmare, but it was well worth uh, going through all the different smells and, and finding a company that would work with us. How do you even start? Like that's such a, like for a book, it it makes sense um, how to put a book together just because I've done it. But like the scratch and sniff, I don't even know where you'd start. I mean, you start with an online search and then you, you know, our problem was that most of these uh, scratch and sniff companies like work with like major, uh, major companies, uh, you know, like Lever and like I don't know, Eddie, Tide, <laughs> all those kind of places. And so um, we had to find this like small uh, company in the Midwest that would basically um, spray the odors on just clear stickers that we then like hand, um, hand constructed ourselves on cards that we had printed locally here in Baltimore. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of mom and pop, uh, but, you know, figuring out how to, how to actually get the smells in hand was very, very interesting. Like they sent us samples of like over a hundred (laughs) smells. So we'd we'd like scratch a smell and see what it was close to in the book. And then almost like when you have to cleanse your palate, we'd have to do the same thing with our nose (laughs) and then go on to the next scent. Um, It was, it was very weird going through it. And uh, I I learned a lot about the scratch and sniff industry. (laughs) What was your favorite smell from- 
campfire did you guys get to that one no not yet okay that was that was a good one and some people don't like that small but to me how could you not it's like you're instantly outdoors and it, it matched well with the story that it was paired with so basically um i don't know if i mentioned this but yeah each story has its own uh signature smell so you would hit a certain panel and then it would say you know scratch there mm -hmm. so um that's what made it a little bit complicated with having 10 smells on one card it could be a bit overwhelming like when we sent the cards to our publisher um to send out for press um <laughs> we like triple bagged it and it still didn't like seal in like the hundreds of cards that we sent to them oh, so yeah i i now have them the, the ones that we have left over because they were limited edition um i have them stored deep in our closet so the smells are safe so um you guys are who did the design on the little creatures or the little candies yeah, who's and... the writer and who's the artist or is it kind of both of you um, it's a little bit of both. Like the writing um, is definitely both of us. So like with Bites of Terror, you know, um, it's a horror anthology. So it was really easy to split up. So um, my husband, Jimmy, took half the stories and then the main story, because we have a, a horror host called the Cake Creeper. So he took that storyline and then I took my five stories and wrote them. In terms of the art, like I'm the main sculptor and photographer. So I did most of that. But since it was like... Um, a huge graphic novel. <laughs> uh, he would step in and help me sculpt side characters and make some of the props because, you know, everything for us, um, you know, the book is, is told through dioramas and not like traditional illustration. Um, so that kind of took a lot of planning, which we did together and, you know, constructing all the sets and all the little props um, within the short period of time that we had. Um, it, it was definitely something where Jimmy got his hands dirty in there too, which I completely appreciate. So when you sculpt, what kind of uh, material are you using most of the time? So I'm mostly using polymer clay and um, usually Primo, but I'll also use Magic Sculpt uh, depending on uh, what's needed for the actual character. Because uh, Primo is mostly a craft clay that you can bake. Um, and sometimes you have to deal with like an air dry clay and one that's stronger, just like with mag uh, Magic Sculpt, a lot of taxidermists use it, um, which people always freak out when I say that. I'm like, but you know that like taxidermy is an art form in itself. Like <laughs> that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, mostly those kind of materials for the characters. And then when it comes to the scenes, I mean, anything is game. Like sometimes uh, people get creeped out when I say I use human hair. Why not? <laughs> That's a texture. Because when it comes to the scenes, um, the characters are clay and you can tell that they're clay. So that means that like their surroundings need to have different textures to bring it to life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so sometimes, um, you know, I'll use the traditional like, painted sawdust for dirt or, you know, like little things like, you know, cotton for clouds. Like those are just like basic generic things, but then it gets more complicated into using sandpapers for textures and, you know, trash. I collect a lot of trash and it got to the point that the past like three months I've been like, you know, I need to accept that some of these quote unquote props are actually trash that I can't make into treasure and uh, let's get rid of some of it. Um, but, you know, I'd say things like wrappers or like, um, you know, on a, on a milk carton or any kind of carton, that little plastic part at the top, that's like a ring. You know, I would use that as like headbands for a character. I mean, that's the great thing about working in mixed media and, you know, um, Catherine, I've seen some of your work too. It's like anything can be turned into art. And that is the best part about making a mixed media story. And I totally get the saving everything. And you're like, one day I'll use this. And you're like, my house doesn't have enough room for all of this stuff. Like I have an entire bin of like um, um, stuffing that you out of like bears and stuff. I have a whole bin of that. I'm like, I'm going to use that one day, but I don't know why I'm keeping it sometimes. So I feel your stuffing problem. I, I have a big old bag underneath my uh, crawl space and I'm like, maybe I'll teach myself how to sew one day. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it might be time for me to get rid of it. <laughs> do you in your um, house or art studio, um, do you have a designated space where it's like, this is the set and you have the lights and you're shooting your pieces? 
Yeah, so um, I'm actually in our little studio now. So we have a, a room in our house that's dedicated to our art. So I have, you know, I have my lights and I have my backdrops and I have a huge, uh, I, I'm, it's a haunt, and to me, it's a haunted, it's a haunted house, a dollhouse. <laughs> so I have everything I need in here, which is great. Um, and then in my upstairs study area, like that's where I do all my editing. Um, Cause that is like, you know, going back to the space thing, you know, there are props and miniatures that I have to keep around and um, I'm just thankful to have the amount of space, but it also means that there's like a lot of organization involved. So this whole wall behind me is just um, a huge shelving unit that helps me store everything. Um, but we get asked a lot if we keep our dioramas and um, we don't because that would take up too much space. It's sad when you have to take apart a piece of art, um, but luckily it's captured in a photograph uh, mm -hmm. because with the type of work that we do, you know, telling long form stories with dioramas, um, our sets a lot of times are kind of, um, you know, they're not constructed that we could sell them and ship them. Uh, you know, we've done one of those rooms before for a gallery show and um, those get really, really heavy. <laughs> so, and a bit more complicated than, than, you know, what people expect making something sturdy enough to ship. Mm -hmm. How do you get, because the like main body of the people, like the, the, the cake with the missing eye and um, just like your Samuel's favorite character. character. That is my favorite. That's oh. the, the, the storyteller, the cake caper. Oh, cake right? creeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he like, they always look the same, but the body parts move. It, are you drawing in the body parts after or are they actually part of the scene um, like how does that, how does it work? Yeah. So for the body parts, um, those are made out of like a rubber mold material, um, called, uh, re rebound from smooth on. So, um, essentially that's used to make molds for sculptures, but I used it, um, I painted it on wire so that we can dyed it black so that we could have movable limbs. And, um, before we would sculpt the limbs, but then that would have just been ridiculous for how big a book it was to try and get all the different positions. Um, so that really helped. And then for the mouths, um, for the cake creeper specifically, I did kind of, you know, go like the Leica route and sculpt different expressions for him. Um, but for other characters, if they had really simple mouths, um, you know, for him, he had teeth and everything. But if it was a simple mouth, then I would just take clay and adjust the expression as needed. So the body of the character would be um, baked and hard, but then I would have a hole for the mouth that I would fill with clay and um, okay. adjust and then as needed edit and Photoshop. But the goal for us is to always do as little and post as possible um, because it reaches a point where you can just tell that it's fake and it takes people out of the story. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think uh, when you talked about having the mixed media within the uh, story, just as reading it or looking through it, um, it didn't even occur to me that, because for some reason I would have just assumed you did it all in the same media in just all clay or something like that. But uh, you're right, like it didn't take, it, I think it would have maybe thrown me off seeing it on clay. Cause like you had the little strawberry and the strawberry, like all the people look the same, but then the, he's on like the, the bed the hospital bed, which looks like a real hospital bed, just like this tiny little hospital bed there. So Yeah, thank you. That's some trash that I saved to make that hospital bed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I had like some bag, some canvas bag that I cut up to make um, the texture for the mattress. Um, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. And like one of our first books that we did actually behind me, um, which is Sweet Competition, which was a 32 page picture book, which is kind of where we, we started um, after doing our webcomic and before getting into graphic novels. And that one does have a lot of sculpted um, props in it. And um, I love that book. I think it's a really fun story and, and people adore it as well. But I, I think that because of the clay, it didn't have the richness that some of our later books had. Um, so we learned a lot from that book and making sure that texture was kind of our number one priority when building a scene. That's cool. Uh, how did you come up 
like um how'd you come up with all the little characters did you have to go through a grocery store like going to a bakery and just kind of look at them and then take a picture and then design it and off of that Samuel um so I really enjoy kind of this like sorry I really enjoy um the the dynamic between these like super cute um characters and this like drama that is unfolding um and I wonder if that plays into like Samuel's question with the inspiration and how you came up with these ideas yeah that, that's a great question um so sometimes I will um you know do an internet search for different types of desserts or different types of foods just so we're not like repeating the same thing over and over like we didn't want you know two strawberry stories or when it comes to color and design like you don't really want um, too many warm characters in, in the same scene you want like a warm and a cool character so um I will do that uh but when it comes to the stories it, it's kind of sometimes the food comfort comes first and it's like okay what kind of like horror scenario can we put this food in or sometimes um the idea com comes first where you know with this book we were playing with like a lot of horror tropes so we had a whole spreadsheet of different horror tropes and you know when it comes to fruit and like mold of course you think like the zombie trope so that's where we went with that one um you know but if you take something with reap what you sow I, I don't want to like spoil that one but you know we needed that was the type of story where you know a baked good wouldn't work for that just because of the logistics of how the story um unfolds so then you know that's where we put a watermelon in there so it, it really just depends on what got us there first like whether it's the food or the idea um but if but Samuel, if I do see a really cute food in a grocery store and in a bakery, I will pull my phone out and take a picture of it and, you know, be that person's like, no, I don't want to eat it. I just want to, I just want to look at it. But I, I think people in real life do that anyway. So <laughs> it kind of works out. I don't know. I've never pulled my phone out. I was like, I'm going to take a picture of this cookie. Oh, what? Ah, you should. <laughs> the I'll memory of the it. cookie. I'll buy him. <laughs> I think you probably look at sweets in a whole different way than most people. <laughs> that That is true. I definitely pay attention to the textures. And um, one thing when designing a character uh, that a lot of people don't think about, especially when they're starting out with um, clay, is what's shiny and what's not shiny. That makes a huge difference. So if you try and gloss you know, a piece of food, like if I gl put gloss on a cookie, that would look totally weird. But if you have a cake and you gloss the icing, like there is some shine and some icing. So it totally works out and makes sense. Um, yes. So I think I spend way too much time staring at pictures of food. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, um, what's your background? Did you start off as a sculptor and like, tell us about how you start, like came from your journey. Yeah, no, totally. So my background is actually in film and television. Um, so after grad school, I wanted to go and be a documentarian. Um, but then I didn't learn the business side of it. You're like, wait, how do you get people to pay you? <laughs> so I ended up working in nonfiction television for seven years. Um, and that's where I met my husband. And um, outside of work, we wanted to, you know, be more creative outside of what we were doing because we were working in very like technical positions. So we decided to make a comic um, in our off hours and post it online, which somehow grew from an illustrated comic to us, you know, sculpting characters and making dioramas. And, you know, doing that little gesture led to us going to comic conventions and from there, meeting editors saying you should make a book. And then at that point in life, you just say, yeah, we'll make a book. <laughs> so that, that kind of kicked off the career into making comics and leaving my job in television to do this full time. And um, it's, it's been a really crazy journey uh, ever since. And so I think that's why, you know, outside of the publishing world, I, I still, you know, I still work on many documentaries on the side for myself. And you know, you're, we were talking about animation before this, and I still love 
you know, animating and, you know, we even do like this thing called handimation uh, where we take our sculptures and almost like a kid would play with their toys. You know, we act out scenes with our hands and, you know, having that visual aspect that, you know, telling stories through video, that'll always be part of my life. I, I feel like I could never say goodbye to that. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have posted on your YouTube channel, mm -hmm. right? The, um, the animations with the, with your characters. Oh yeah. Like the animations and the hand animations. <laughs> so I, we, do you have the hand animations on your YouTube? Yeah. So I have, we have this thing called corn dog drama, which is probably the best known one. Um, that actually went viral on TikTok. Um, and that has, a, that is like a junk food soap opera where we have like this love triangle between these three corn dogs. And um, yeah, that whole series is on our YouTube. We're just about done with season one. If people want to check it out and follow it, uh, you know, we're huge David Lynch fans. And so it's not a Lynchian junk food soap opera, but, you know, in David Lynch's work, I mean, he, it's like a soap opera. And so, you know, to tell these exaggerated stories, it's just, it's so much fun. And, you know, outside of our disturbingly cute stuff, I mean, it is still disturbing storytelling, but it's less horror, horror and more drama. Um, so yeah, I think people should check it out. We have a lot of, um, younger audience members who demand their next episode of corndog drama. And I want to be like, it takes a long time to make sets, <laughs> like, <laughs> calm down, but thank you so much for supporting us. <laughs> so for, uh, what is a hand animation? Cause I, I didn't see. Okay. That's just I'm a made up term. That <laughs> <laughs> we are coining it. It's, it's totally not made up to me now. I'm going to go around and be like, no, they do hand animation. <laughs> yeah, hand animation. So that's a term that we made up because it kind of doesn't like people. We also describe it as live action. But when you say live action, you kind of think of people, right? Mm -hmm. So with hand animation, it, it really is just us. I know. I think I had a, oh, I have a corn dog drama like murder set to the left of me, but I don't have a corn dog out. It's just really taking our characters, you know, and having our little hands in the scene and acting it out, oh, you know. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely that really old action time now. Did you ever, uh, you probably didn't on Nickelodeon? You've no. never seen that? They had like basically what my little brother would always do would have his toys and he would film the toys and they would like talk but there's always hands moving them and they like move the little arms and they would have all these like weird they're supposed to be like a superhero team but always not being very good that sounds amazing toys. yeah it's called action time now okay i will have to look that up but that that is exactly what it is and you know, I think it's so much fun that, you know, people think that like just kids are supposed to sit there and play with their toys, but no, adults can too. And it's hilarious and fun. And, um, you know, I think, I think more people should do it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's always fun to play with a little kid with the toys. And I think that's, uh, you know, that you get to do it and get, you know, make a living off of it when uh, most adults just the only time they get to kind of be kids again is when they're playing with another little kid is you yeah. can kind of come up with the stories because most times their stories are awful <laughs> sometimes sometimes they're genius we wouldn't have axe <laughs> cop if it wasn't for a kid you know making yeah. great stories <laughs> but um but you know when you think about that a lot of adults like don't get, get to make art unless they're with a kid and that to me is really sad. Um, you know, I think that more adults should be taking time to, you know, step out of their day to day and maybe do something kid like, like even working with, uh, like I teach workshops and a lot of times I'll have adults come and work with like Crayola air dry clay and they'll come out of it and being like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. It's like, yeah, like go to the kids section of the craft store. It's not intimidating and just try and make something after your work hours you know it's relaxing it's therapeutic um but yeah a lot of people kind of just say that's for kids but you know when you sit down and actually do it it's a blast yeah well it's also you said therapeutic it really is because it's better than just getting off work going home and binging tv and just trying to exactly. zone out when you actually get to you know work with your hands because i feel like a lot of times you're sitting on the computer all day and then you come home you just stare at another screen 
when you should be, you know, doing something and doing something with your hands, especially probably sculpting really helps. Yeah. And even for my friends who are traditional illustrators, um, they find it therapeutic to pick up something like clay and to work with it as well. Cause it's kind of the same thing where you're, you know, now most people are staring at screens when they're illustrating. Um, mm -hmm. And so you forget what it feels like if you're not like a traditional painter, what it feels like to actually have the materials in your hands. And for people who are like addicted to television, you can still do both. You can watch your television. And <laughs> that's what I do at night. You know, I, I do my sculpting at night in front of the TV because during the day I'm usually animating. Um, so yeah, you can sneak in your, whatever you're marathoning. <laughs> do you ever sell any of your little people? I like do, yes. But um, the difference is that, you know, with the bendable arms, um, I, they usually have to have like sculpted static arms because I haven't found a way where I can justify selling them with the arms because the arms are so fragile. And so I'd really hate for somebody to just have an arm and then have a wire pop out and then they start bleeding because I know how that goes. Because <laughs> it would be, it would be fun to have like, you sell little pieces then you could do your own little scene on like a, a countertop or something like that no Especially I in kitchen. And now i'm gonna do that for my kitchen i feel like <laughs> i agree yeah i think that'd be genius and so much fun um i don't know if you guys have ever heard of the um it's a really popular tiktok um when they have a youtube channel too called noodle and bun um, these guys took off and now they have like 4.4 million followers. And what they did with their guys is they made plushies of this cat and dog and mouse that they created as their main characters. And they are bendable, but they're covered in plush. So, um, so that nobody gets injured, but that was kind of like their same thought behind that is like having people do stop motion with these mm -hmm. characters. And, um, so I'll have to knock on their door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how is the um, like husband and wife uh, partnership dynamic? Like, are you, because I work a lot with my husband and sometimes it's great and sometimes I want to kill him, but we're not working together all the time. Like how, have you figured out ways to work with e each other that are, I mean, obviously you're successful, so it's, uh, you figured it out, but how is that with a, working with a partner? Um, it doesn't always feel like we figured it out. <laughs> You're right. I mean, like, like some days it's like super smooth and magical and some days, you know, it's a little frustrating. Um, but I think for us, you know, the relationship always comes first. And so, um, the job is second. That's always been important. And, um, we lean into each other's strengths. Like he is at heart, a manager and is very organized and is always looking at the big picture. I am very detail oriented and can get lost in the detail. You know, I'm the stereotypical, like messy artist where <laughs> if everything is all over the room and, you know, he has a space for everything in, in life and on his desk. So, um, I think we lean into those balances. So when I'm feeling lost and scattered, um, you know, I lean on him for the guidance and he's really the one that helps us keep the projects on track. And then for, you know, for what I add to it, <laughs> what do I add to it? I add to it the chaos. <laughs> always um, important. You always need yes. the chaos. Yes. The magic happens. <laughs> Taking us off topic. <laughs> um, I know because he's he's hilarious too, and his jokes are are really funny. So I think a lot of times you have these people where you have like this, you know, like the straight man and then the the oddball. Um, but he can he can flip into both, which is really um crazy to me. So I mean, I I just think we we lean on each other when needed. And if he is getting frustrated with something design wise and you know I'll pick it up so um I think it's just kind of come about organically on, on how we work things out but you know that's not without conflict I you know I I think every couple that I've talked to that work together you're gonna you're gonna go head to head um you don't get to leave the house and go talk to a spouse and bitch <laughs> complain about your partner <laughs> So we, we try and make sure that any issue gets resolved as any good marriage should. Mm -hmm. yep. 
you go uh, come to the next room and you talk to my spouse and you go in there and check your business partner. <laughs> like, like an right. Yeah, there's no uh, <laughs> HR to go complain to. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, and, you know, it's, we definitely have to like designate meeting time. So we actually, because he still has his day job. Um, so we meet at 6 a.m. every morning and, um, you know, talk about the business. And then during the day, I, I do do the artwork and then we'll come back and meet again and work on the weekends. So I think that's helpful. Um, like I know a lot of couples try and have a good division on when to stop talking about work. So we typically don't talk about work at night. And even though I'm still working on the side, we try and <laughs> watch a movie together and, you know, mm -hmm. focus on something else. I think you have to have passions together outside of your job to kind of keep the relationship going. I mean, it's the same thing as, um, I mean, I don't want to compare it to having kids because that's a totally different thing. But, you know, when you have a couple and all they talk about are the kids, then the actual relationship kind of dissolves, you know, same thing with the business. So we try and make sure that we have, you know, similar interests and hobbies that we can lean into. And I, I think that also takes the pressure off of, you know, arguing and putting so much weight into working together in the business. That, that, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it's helpful because I know there are a lot of artists who do work with their significant other, and I feel like it's so great to have someone there that you can bounce ideas with and work with. But it also, I think, at times can be difficult. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think the other key thing for us too. Um, is that creatively we each have our own side projects that we do as well. I think sometimes you just want to sit there and be like, you know what? I don't want opinions on this. <laughs> I want something that's just mine. Mm -hmm. And that is super duper healthy too. Um, I think everybody should have something that is just theirs. And when they're ready to seek out opinions, that's when it can happen. But from start to finish, it's, it's something that they just get to have control over. Mm -hmm. So with your um, Bites of Terror, that's your latest book. Um, is that is the best place to go to find that on your Etsy page? Oh, it's, it's in stores everywhere. Um, so I would say uh, that Amazon is a good place. Um, also like local, uh, local bookstores or comic stores. Um, a lot of them have it. If they don't, they can order it for you because it, it came out with Quirk Books. So um it came out at the start of the pandemic too which was oh, did it? yes like literally like right when people were trying to figure out um you know if they can leave the house or if the world's going to melt down um so that knocked out a lot of our promotion so um and then the scratch and sniff people complained it didn't work because it couldn't smell it because they couldn't <laughs> No, they're pretty, they're pretty strong, but I think that if you're doing that smell therapy to get your smell back, then you might need to buy a card because it'll definitely yeah. help you <laughs> get you there. Um, but yeah, so like all of our conventions that we are going to go to, to sell the books that, that we bought, um, they all got canceled. So that's why we do have them on our Etsy. And um, so they're available there too, and we will sign them, but yeah, you can pretty much get them at Barnes and Noble, any, any bookstore. Are you planning? Oh, go ahead, Samuel. No, just another question about the scratch and sniff card. Do, do all of them come with the scratch and sniff? I'm so fascinated oh, by the scratch and sniff card. No, <laughs> no, they they are limited edition. So we only made, I think we made a hundred. No, we think we made two hundred of them. So once they're gone, they're gone. So right okay. now you can get them through our Etsy. The you people better jump on it right away because <laughs> um, it was a fun thing to do. <laughs> Um, are I'm you thinking kept the book um, because I wanted to read all the way through it because I'm a little faster reader than Katie. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm uh, so I've been reading through it and doing some of the scratch and sniffs, which is fun. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I hope you continue on to the good ones. <laughs> yep. um, are you planning on doing now that things are opening back up? Do you have um, like conventions that you guys are planning on going to or? Um, so the major one that we would be going to is um, they're kind of doing virtual events, but that kind of got canceled in a way too. So 
Um, as of this year, no. Um, but we are still trying to, you know, promote it online as much as possible. Um, and then next year, we, we've already got a heads up from a lot of the comic conventions that we do that they they will be picking back up. Um, so yeah, it's a really weird time for conventions. I know some um, some conventions are picking up, um, but they haven't actually had them yet. So I'm curious to see how those regulations will work out. Um, I've already been reading online like the mask or no mask debates and it's kind of a, a hot mess in that world. Mm -hmm. Cause I could see um, like your fans wanting to go and like meet you guys and get the book. And do you, I'm sure you bring like some characters like that. I, if you guys came to LA, I'd be like, all right, let's go. Cause I would want to see the, the characters the, oh yeah the, the not the creatures but the main characters would be a lot of fun to see in real life mm -hmm. yeah thank you yeah whenever we have a setup we always try and have a character from the book there and then we have our sculptures that we sell and so yeah it was kind of a bummer to not get to see those familiar faces at the conventions that always come by and grab your new book um but i'm hoping that we'll see those people you know next year and that face-to-face -face interaction of getting to meet new people and getting to spread the word about your your book it's like ah oh, didn't get to do that next year but i feel like it's just going to be double powerful in, in 2022 people are just gonna be so excited to just be out and about so i'm hoping for a really good year next year are you do currently you have a... go ahead samuel <laughs> are you currently working on a new book we're working on a new pitch right now um, so, uh, hopefully that'll come together and, you know, we'll get that to our agent who will, who will then send it off to our publisher and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, um, that one will be in a different style than one that we've ever done before. I guess when, when you do mixed media, you just get, a, it, you get addicted to trying out different things. So <laughs> we'll see how that one's perceived. Do you have a favorite character that you really are that you like and are drawn to um in the book or in general uh let's say in general in general right now i'm pretty addicted to corn dog drama uh yeah. so well not only are corn dogs very easy to sculpt a lot of people are like are those potatoes on a stick i'm like no it's a corn dog um <laughs> <laughs> Who puts a potato uh, on a stick? Who? Well, I, I mean, I don't, I think a corn dog is very um, American. And so, oh, um, okay. yeah, oh, like okay. when people come to America, that's like one of the things that they're like, I'd like to have a corn dog or hot dog is very American too. Um, so I could see the confusion there. Um, but yeah, I think I, I just love them because it's, I mean, it's called corn dog drama because there is just so much drama. And my friend who has like the best, like, bitchiest tone does does one of the voices and it's just like she's so good and then to see people quote her in the comments just it just warms my heart because oh. it's, it's just so it's a you know not only is it Jimmy and I making this but it's a group of people it's including our friends to voice characters and it's, it just feels like a bigger experience um, than some of our other you know video stories that we've told are they in person like doing the hand animation and voicing or do you do the voiceovers later oh the voices overs are later okay. so jimmy and i are the ones controlling the hands um and so you know you might see one corn dog's name susan so you might see susan with jimmy's like hairy hand there, <laughs> which maybe adds to the charm um but with my friend you know since technology is amazing you know she doesn't have a you know a microphone or anything she just does it on her iphone and then you know i go up in an adobe audition and clean it up and you know it's it sounds sometimes just as good as my like yeti microphone that i'm talking into so you know that that allows us with iphones to you know hit up anybody that we meet that we think has a good voice and just tell them go in your closet and record and i just think we live in an amazing time where people all over the world can collaborate so easily yeah. What kind of uh, filming equipment do you guys use? Um, so I just have my Canon um, Mark IV 5D. So I've had that for a really long time. Um, I looked at upgrading my camera, um, but then I was like, you know what? No, 
it's it's actually doing, doing pretty good. I looked at the um, um, mirrorless cameras. I don't know if you guys deal with like video equipment at all. Um, On the so. basic level. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I looked at what camera I'd have, I'd be like, uh, oh, I I look, I thought this question was coming because I've had like a few cameras. So I like looked at my, my camera. I was like, okay, you better know that (laughs) that answer. Um, but yeah, it's just a DSLR and, um, you know, sometimes honestly, if I'm in a pinch, I'll just use my iPhone too. Um, I think that even if you're used to using like really nice equipment, it's better to get the content out there than to, you know, let the, it's cause sometimes it's cumbersome, you know, to get the lights set up and to get like the computer yeah. out and the camera out. Um, and so I've just decided that I'd rather get the art made and get it out there than to do the whole setup sometimes. So I go back and forth, but mostly I use my DSLR. Cause if you get, uh, you know, tied down to that, then you, you're, Sometimes you just don't have enough time to even put up the cam- the lights and the, the setup, and then you just don't do anything. Like that's, I run into that issue when I'm recording videos with my uh, staff too. Like I, I'm trying to make it look super nice and professional. And there's a certain point where it's just like, it's just for my staff members anyway. So I just need to sit there and just use my iPhone. Like, this is how you open this door. <laughs> this is how you go get the equipment here. That's awesome. No, exactly. And I think when it comes to things like, you know, TikTok or even Zoom, um, we've come, we've become a lot more acceptable of different video quality. It's really all about getting the information out there. Yep. And then um, your camera, do you, when you normally film, especially with the corn dog drama, do you flip it towards you so you can see it? Or is someone behind actually videotaping? Um, so I have my computer set up as my monitor. So we okay. have that close to the set so we can kind of see if um, if we are in frame. Um, but the one thing that does get a little bit hard is that, you know, I'm shooting mostly with a macro lens because everything's small. And so like having the, the character in frame and then getting the camera in focus is kind of really annoying. <laughs> You're just kind of, I'm short, I'm only 5'4", so my arms don't go far. <laughs> So sometimes I'll have to lean, lean on my husband to, to reach over and, and get everything in focus. So that's when I really wish we had a third person in the room to help out. Yep. Um, before we wrap up, because um, we're running out of time, um, I when we first started, I was saying that you guys are on everything because you have a podcast too. Um what is your favorite component of your entire business? Is it the sculpting part of it is your favorite? And then like, obviously you have to do marketing and Instagram and TikTok. Would you say the, the sculpting is the favorite element to the business? I mean, I think it's the storytelling. Um, it's the writing. Because um, I think that at the heart of it, you can have the prettiest piece of art, but if your story is not there, then nobody's going to care, you know, or you could have a stick figure with a great story and people are going to care. That's going to pull emotion out of people. So I think that in, in that moment where you have the idea and it feels like everything is possible before you actually have to go out and make it, that's the most magical moment <laughs> ever. And if I could live in that moment forever, I would. Um, but the reality is if you write a story, you got to find a way to put it out there. I think that's where everybody gets stuck is they have a great idea and they can never take the next step. So um, that, that to me is the magic. And I think that's why we're addicted to telling stories in so many different ways. Um, because it, it all comes down to, you know, what kind of reality can we create today? And uh, I, I think that even if this career ended for me, I would still be writing stories on my own, just for my own entertainment. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then you're on, are you on TikTok? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Um, you know, we joined TikTok early on when it was still a lot of people dancing. Um, and at that time it was, and a real opportunity for, I was like, how, why aren't people telling stories on here? So I think that helped us get a pretty good audience and the opportunity to, to go viral on there. So we have a, a healthy 
audience on TikTok, um, which is funny because now if you're, I don't know if you guys are on there, but now everybody's telling stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just love seeing how that app, you know, evolved so much. Um, so yeah, we're on, we're on TikTok. I think that's one of the most entertaining apps. It's one that, um, I, I can't stay on for long because I get too addicted to it. It's just, it's full of juicy gossip and it's full of funny stories and cute characters that, you know, what's not to love. Samuel, do you have a TikTok? I don't, but every time we, we interview a lot of, uh, artists and they always are like, no, I'm not on social media or I'm not on TikToks. I feel like you're the first person we've ever interviewed that's on TikTok. That's why I had to ask. I, had, like, well, and it totally makes sense that you are on TikTok. Like you're, it's, cause I love TikTok and I will go on for five minutes and 30 minutes pass. I'm like, oh man. Um, but I could see that how you would be perfect because it is such a great storytelling app in in little bits and pieces so i'm gonna go and follow you guys right now yay i'll follow you too um it's you know there, there aren't a lot of people that i follow because it's kind of like the for your for your your page like they just they, the algorithm on there is just way too good it's scary um <laughs> but yeah i i'm shocked that more artists aren't on social media i just feel like um it's such a missed opportunity and, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure you have these conversations where, you know, an artist is also like a business person now, like you, you know, it's not like that, like, you know, roaming around, I'm just going to do my art willy nilly, you know, that sadly, in a way that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it is, you kind of have to go out there and be the first at something or, or it, it, that's a whole nother podcast about stress. <laughs> <laughs> working that out so I'll have to have you guys on my podcast and we can we can talk about that side of the art world <laughs> that would be great yeah it is a whole nother side of it so um thank you so much for being on I really appreciate it thank you for sending us your latest book bites of terror um quickly say where the best place to find you. Maybe it's your website that leads to all the other places that you're going, but um, share with us your website. Oh, definitely. Well, first I want to say thank you so much for this lovely conversation. And I love your podcast. I find out about so many artists through there. So thank you. Um, and yeah, our website, cuddlesandrage.com is a good place to check out our work and our comics. Um, and pretty much on everywhere on social media, we are at Cuddles and Rage. I'm one of those people where like a new platform comes out and then I sign up right away. I'm like, I gotta get the Cuddles and Rage, <laughs> which more artists should do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you can find us pretty much everywhere, just Cuddles and Rage. You're, uh, so I'm barely on Instagram now because I'm just like so over it. I'm on to TikTok, but your Instagram page is actually one that I really enjoy. Like I'll oh, actually search for you to see what you've posted lately. Cause I just really enjoy all the cute photos that you post. I don't know. I, I think that people should look you guys up cause it's, it's a fun, um, feed to follow. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's, um, it's really nice to put art out there and to entertain people and to feel like we can give them a, a little break and hopefully a little laugh from their day. That, that means the world to us. Well, thank you so much. And um, we will be posting our unveiling or unboxing on our Instagram and our YouTube page, which is Miss Art World. So you can find that there um, if you're interested to see Samuel and I go through the book and Samuel uh, sniff all the amazing smells. Um, and then of course, as always, follow us on Instagram at the Miss Art World podcast. You can find all of our episodes and all the links to um, all the various um, places that you can find us to listen to on missartworld.com. And thank you guys for listening. Pause. Okay. Katie, do it again. <laughs> I hate I hate the out. You do the out. I don't have the out. You have the out written down. No, I don't have the out written down. That's why I have struggled so hard with it. Oh. 
I thought it was beautiful. And I, I love the fact that you guys were talking about slogans earlier, because like for my podcast, like I know on YouTube, you're supposed to have like your traditions and your slogans. I have struggled with that too. I'm like, should I say be cool? Or is that too hard? Is that too like on the nose? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to see you guys do your outro with your slogan if you're going to do it again. Right. Well, and I know slogans are so important. Like, um, I don't know if you've uh, seen, um, what is it? Tiger King where um, that one lady was like, hello, all you cool cats and kittens. And then now it's stuck in my head forever. <laughs> like we need a cool slogan, but we just haven't figured that out yet. So yeah, that's what you can put on your t-shirts when you're ready to do some merch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I need to do things. You literally was like, um, you can find us on things and platforms with things. <laughs> follow us and then <laughs> they didn't explain <laughs> all right okay i'll do it again <laughs> all right thank you everyone for listening if you would like to check out uh samuel and my unboxing video of cuddles and rage did i say that right no bites <laughs> and <share. Damn> <laughs> now the pressure's on <clears throat> okay <laughs> Do you want me to try it? Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> Goodbye, Art World. Follow us everywhere that podcasts can be found. You can find us. And if you'd like to check out the unboxing video of Cuddles and Rage, oh, no. <laughs> I did too. Bites of terror. <laughs> Bites of terror. You do it. I'm done. You did the same Liz, thing I did. Liz, I know. Liz's are out. She's just yeah. going to be out. We're out of here. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Go to their YouTube. Check out the unboxing of Bites of Terror. Watch Samuel sniff the heck out of some cards. <laughs> <laughs> go find the podcast anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found. Like, follow us on Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Boom. Done. I think your first one was good. Great. Like I'm going to keep all of this. And if someone's still listening... I think they've got the message. <laughs> Wait, and do your slogan. What was your T-Pain slogan earlier? Oh, goodbye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, art world, and peace out, T-Pain. Beautiful. The well, end. thank you so much, Liz. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Catherine, I'll be awaiting your slogan. Great, great. Um, I'll figure that out.